Welcome to the podcast. Today, this is um, an extra podcast where we're going to be talking about the foundations for the new Aged Care Act consultation paper. And joining me are some of my sector support and development colleagues. Hi, uh, this is Maria and I am the Southern Services Reform Group Project Officer based in the Southern Metro region. And... And I'm Julie, so I'm the Hills Positive Ageing Project Officer and I cover the Adelaide Hills and Mount Barker, Alexandrina regions. I'm really happy to be here. Okay, to start with, they're going to change the Act so that it is now focused on the rights of elder Australians. Yeah, so it's a whole new Act. So the old one is completely gone. Yeah, it will be. And will be rewritten into a new one, which will have... The older person at the centre. So it will be a rights-based act and it will expand on the original act that will become more fit for purpose. And I guess really to highlight what those changes are is the document that shows the old act and the new act and it breaks it down to what those categories are. And where can you find that document? Well, great, uh, great point there. You can find that on the engagement hub under the consultation page where the document can be found but also includes all the fact sheets, infographics or diagrams that really break it down to an easy understanding of what, um, what the proposal is here. You can download the foundations for the New Age Care Act consultation paper and the engagement hub And along with that, there are nine fact sheets that you can download, including the infographic chart that explains the difference between the old act and the new act. You can also find that on page 13 of the consultation paper, although it's a lot smaller, so you've got to have good eyesight to be able to read what it says. (laughs) But it is there. They have split it up to different sections of the Act that will change. Yeah, so the focus previously was very much on providers and the new Act will very much focus on the older person and with their diverse needs. It will focus on a statement of rights and principles. Okay, so let's talk about the rights and the principles. A right is something that we give to some so that elder Austra- the rights will be for the elder Australians. And then the principles are how the providers will act to make sure the rights are upheld. That's what I believe to be so. <laughs> so I guess if we go back to the statement of rights, that was recommendation one of the Royal Commission. And in the consultation paper on page 16, they have a list of rights... And they're asking, should these rights be included? They're suggesting they should, but should Um, they? So they've indicated that these proposed rights reflect in part wording proposed by the Royal Commission as derived from the International Covenant on Economic, Social and Cultural Rights with additional content included to cover rights from the existing charter as well as feedback received from all stakeholders, which is what we should be doing right now. Yes. Okay. So please have a read of them. <laughs> and uh, Well, they're yeah. really important because yeah. they shape what the Act will be. Because they put in uh, elder Australians front and centre, it'll be your right to, to be able to make a choice 
that affects your life regardless to risk. And I think for providers, that's something they should think about how that would work for them. So, you know, one of the questions are, do you agree with these rights? And of course, we all agree that elder Australians should be central and be able to make choices. But also, if it's if it's a risk for the provider, how does that work? I guess it's really important that providers get their head around what the change is and how that impacts on their organisation. Yes. Mel Metz did say they're going to be having more, um, like, criminal sanctions, possibly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is new. Yeah, so if we're looking at a complaint system that's different to the one that we've got now... Um, and we're not upholding rights regardless to risk, how does that sit in the structure of the new Act? So just to confirm for our listeners, the date of this consultation closing? Good point. Good. The, the consultation closes on the 8th of September. Yeah. And over the next two weeks, there are some face-to-face consultations happening. Mm. Uh, in South Australia, they're in Adelaide on the 1st of September and in Victor Harbour on the 2nd of September. For everybody, that's a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> um, and you can register by going to the Engagement Hub or going to the Cota Open. Open. Open's, Open's website. If you yeah. go there, you can register and it's free. It's good to keep in the mix of it, keep engaged and keep pushing through it because this is so important. Yes, as as the new act, it's yeah. the foundation that we'll all be working from in the end. It's what all of the new, um, all of the changes in 2025 will be hang on. So if we don't get our say now or at least get our head around what the expectations are, then I think as we come closer to changing into the new model of aged care, then we're all going to get a shot. And it's interesting that... They've written um, here, we anticipate that the objects of the Act will be drawn largely from those specified by the Royal Commission in Recommendation 1 of the final report, but with some adjustments. (laughs) (laughs) Noting that the new Act also needs to cover the scope of activities currently outlined in the Commission Act. Um, There will also be an adjustment based on consultation in line with the development of the Statement of Rights and Statement of Principles. So it really is important that people understand the Statement of Rights, the Statement of Principles and the objects. Yeah. (laughs) And they're all quite different, even though they interact. Yes. And finally, they've got to understand the purpose. Oh, yes, the purpose. (laughs) And the definition. (laughs) We've got a definition as well that's outlined Yes. Mm. I'm, I'm fascinated by the supported decision-making, to be honest. Yes. Yes, I'll be very interested to see how that plays out because it's, it's not overly clear when a supported decision-maker and a nominee, you know, we probably need to really get our heads around that, the difference yeah. between those and also how does that impact on advanced care directives, for example, that also has decision makers to ensure that their person gets the care that's best for them, which reads similar to what the Aged Care Act is implying. Because it says here, implementation of a new nominee arrangement which will be underpinned by supported decision-making model. So I think supported decision-making is the model 
and the nominee is the person. I assume if you have an advanced care directive, you wouldn't need a nominee. Well, this is this is what's not really clear because they haven't mentioned the advanced care directive at all mm. and there probably needs to be some clarity between the two. A bit of clarity who is the supporter versus a representative and you mentioned nominee. Um, this can be laid out in intake and then what happens if things get in a tricky situation? Mm. How do you proceed um, with the supporter and the representative and and the nominee, some of the consultation questions that is being asked is, what are your views on the proposed nominee framework? So please have a look at that. What challenges could be there with the proposed framework? And do you have any proposed solutions? Are there any other duties or obligations you think should be put on appointed nominees? And the last question here is, when do you consider a supporter nominee would be most useful to a participant? Okay. What's the best question on funding? So I guess I, if we just quickly look at the old Act with funding, mm -hmm. there were three types of subsidies, residential, home, flexible care. There were many programs funded outside of the Act and there were very complex funding provisions. So the new Act aims to have funding for all services brought within the new Act, including where grant funding's utilised, existing subsidies reframed in the Act as person-centred or provider-based, that's to be confirmed, an Act to continue with minor adjustments where required, and also in the new Act is block funding available to provide flexibility where appropriate. And I think that's a key point, that that is still going to be incorporated into the new Act. And where do you think the biggest changes will be? I think that um, having all three types, um, residential, home and flexible care, all under the one funding model is a is a really, really big change. So people will need to get their due diligence on and see how that impacts them. If they are predominantly block funded, how is that potentially going to look for them under the new Act? Yeah. But until we know how, say for example, transport, how much of that will be a block because I think it will be a split. You know, part of it will be block funded because you've got on costs that are there whether you have your client uptake or not, and then there'll be client costs. But how can you work that out until somebody says how it's really going to work? Yeah, there's certainly a lot more detail required under that um, under that column. So it's very interesting that this only has that small little bit on funding, and the consultation paper for the new model had barely anything on funding. Yeah. So it seems plausible that they don't really know how they're going to fund it yet. It does say it will be consulted on separately. <laughs> However, mm. when will we see that? Like that's such an important component for providers. Yeah. Well, I suppose they are doing some consultations on unit pricing, which maybe is the foundation for what when they'll what they'll decide, do you think? Possibly. 
Like even on the the diagram under funding, existing subsidies reframed in the Act as person-centred or provider base to BC. Will be confirmed or something, yeah. What else have we got to discuss? So I'm looking at the eligibility for funded aged care services. Mm -hmm. So the current Act does not exclude younger people um, being eligible for aged care. The current Act does not exclude younger people from being eligible for aged care. However, under the care recipient's principles, a person who is not an aged person is only eligible to receive residential care if they are assessed as having a condition of frailty or disability requiring to continue personal care and incapable of living in the community without support. And there are no other care facilities or care services more appropriate to meet the person's needs. That won't, will no longer happen? So with the new Act, there will be um, no person under the age of 65 living in residential aged care. So I wonder what they'll do with the people who are already living there. Yeah, and... Um, Albanese's come out yesterday to reinforce that they're still sticking to that plan, that no one under 65 will be living in a residential facility. Right. Unless they're Aboriginal. Oh, yeah, so it would be 50. Under the new Act, uh, the proposed access and eligibility arrangements are that all individuals seeking access to funded aged care services under the new Act will be required to make an application of funded aged care services, have their eligibility for an aged care needs assessment determined and then also undergo an individual needs assessment which will inform a decision as to whether they can access funded aged care services and if so, which ones and when. So there is a diagram that you can have a look at where it shows the application and individual tests um, the individual needs assessment, the approval decision and the granted access. So it breaks it down in that sense there. Is, is there a monetary requirement? For entry? Yeah. So if, I mean, if you have a million dollars in the bank, for example, can you access aged care? Currently CHSP is not, um, it's it? not asset tested. So all individuals seeking access to Commonwealth-funded aged care services will be required to meet certain threshold eligibility requirements irrespective of what type of aged care services they believe they may require access to. Okay. So it looks like they go, they will get rid of that. Anyone can have it without it being means-tested and they'll put the um, Commonwealth Home Support Programme in with the rest. Well, and, and that's the thing, like, do they... Will that be the same as the home care package eligibility or will they have a, something new? Mm. This Everything we're talking about is trying to pull all of aged care under the one umbrella, mm. under the one act, under the one system. So this potentially, I guess, getting rid of the ACAR round is just trying to streamline everybody to move within and mm. across the current sections mm. of aged care. Whereas quite right now we've got quite distinct silos. Yeah. I think the new Aged Care Act 
supports everybody being under one umbrella and they can move between the three current Areas. pillars. Yeah, that's my understanding. Yes, it does seem it, that way, especially yeah. with the fun, the way that they want the funding to move with the person. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of what we've been talking about is really supporting people to stay at home for much longer. So even keeping people out of residential care. Mm. But then you've got to have funding allocated to support that. Yeah, and I guess that's where we're talking. We need some more detail on the funding because we don't know what that is. Yeah. Or but how to, it'll work. Or how it will work. But to me it appears that the Act, the support at home model that we've seen before, the regulatory model supports people living at home for the majority of their older lives. Mm. If they want to. If they want to, yeah. People need to get onto the website, listen to the webinar, have a good look at the consultation paper, print out the fact sheets, have a good look at the tables and the graphs because they're quite good explaining in simple terms what the changes are and... and go to a forum. Go to go to the forums that are coming up in, at beginning of September. Mm. And if you don't have time to sit there and read, maybe have it in the car whilst you're driving. <laughs> Get a readable version <laughs> whilst you drive mm. uh, so you can listen to it at least or go for a walk and listen to it um so there are different ways that you can still um, be part of it and there is a survey make sure you fill in the survey survey on the engagement there's a survey on the engagement hub that's good I, yeah, I definitely think the big you, the, the big things are to look at, at as a provider is how they're going to regulate you. What are the rights they're going to yeah, uh, make you uphold? What are the principles they're going to make you go and after? What is going to be that new duty of care? And don't forget, if you go wrong in any of those areas, they're tightening up their regulations. <laughs>